Okay, so today begins week three of our series that we are calling Naturally Supernatural. And I'm going to be really, really honest. These first couple of weeks, if you have been with us, um, I did not know really where this thing would go or how this would land with our church, okay? Because the majority of my pastoral training, my, theolo- uh, my theological training, uh, have been part of churches and movements that followed a pretty reasonable, more calculated way to measure success in ministry, like A plus B equals C. Uh, but again, if you've been with us these last couple of weeks, then you know we have changed the way that we have uh, lined up our worship flow, if you will. And, and, and we've made some intentional space for the Holy Spirit to move. And it has been really stretching uh, for, for me because we are fully relying on things that cannot be calculated and things that are not always reasonable, okay? Now, don't hear me say God is not reasonable. I, I think God is consistent. Yes, he's consistent in his love, but God is also not predictable. And so I say that honestly, okay, just, just speaking for myself, but please also hear this. Uh, These last couple of weeks, they have really increased my faith as as we have taken time to study the nature of God and how he speaks to us. Um, But also, you all keep being open to what God is doing and how he's speaking to us and how God is moving us forward. And so I am just really uh, excited that we get to continue in that today. I'm really grateful for that. Uh, So church, thank you so much for being willing and open to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Again, this is week three of Naturally Supernatural, uh, where we're just taking a closer look at the supernatural and how expecting the supernatural in our natural world really should be the standard in our faith. And, And the best part is, this is good news for me, the best part is, we don't have to be comfortable with this idea for it to happen either because this isn't up to us. This is, this is God moving among his people. And so again, if you missed the last couple of weeks, I want to encourage you to go back and, and listen because they're really building on one another and our goal is pretty simple, okay? Here's our goal. We want to challenge each other uh, to expand our faith, to grow in our discernment, and to increase our expectations of of what is possible when God sends his Holy Spirit to us. And so we simply want to, we want to practice living a naturally supernatural life. So to start this message, I don't have, you know, a catchy title for you. I don't have a funny story, uh, unfortunately, sorry. Um, But I just want to let you know today we're talking about prophetic words and how prophetic words are a natural result of a supernatural relationship with Jesus. However, prophetic words may be one of the most misunderstood, or depending on your experience, one of the most misused gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because when you think of prophetic words, what comes to mind? Is it, is it maybe an angry street preacher on the corner when you think of prophetic words? Maybe a charismatic person disclosing your own secret sin to you or other people. Hopefully not. Or maybe it's someone trying to predict the winner of the next election 
That's, that's, that's prophetic words. Is it though? Like, like, what's your experience been? Because in one way or another, uh, for good or bad, I have seen all those things happen. Were they valid? Were they godly? Well, we don't have time to dissect all of those things. But I do mention them because maybe those are the only examples that you are also familiar with. And so it's made you really guarded. So when it comes to prophetic words, you're like, nope, nope, I'm out. We're going to read some scripture today that hopefully will challenge you in a very good way, in a helpful way. Um, But maybe just hearing the phrase prophetic ministry, prophetic words, maybe it brings up some inner tension that you have. Maybe some, some sort of anxiousness that you didn't know, but now is there. And so I hope we can simply read the Bible and what it says about prophetic words. And then we can apply what the Bible says about prophetic words. Okay, are we ready? Okay, we're going to uh, jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 14 today. You should see it on the screen behind me as well. Let's pick up in verse 1. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So already the Apostle Paul is making the case we should desire, embrace, and practice this thing called prophecy. Uh, The way of Jesus, you know, faith, it should make us uncomfortable. Because again, God, he cannot be reduced down to just our boxed theology of him. But he is speaking to us today. And while the Bible is alive and active, so is the Holy Spirit, okay? Paul says, practice this. Okay, buckle up, because Paul continues, verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. We'll pause again. Now, Paul has mentioned something else. He's, 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 he's mentioned prophecy, yes, but now he's mentioned something called tongues. And maybe more tension is now rising inside you. Like, okay, here we go. I, I knew it. I knew this place was too good to be true. Listen, we aren't diving into the spiritual gift of tongues today, but please pay close attention to Paul's words about prophecy versus tongues here, Okay. Verse three, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So some of you right now may feel personally attacked by the Apostle Paul. Right now. Like, come on, what is this? Like, Mean Girls, Regina George, I feel personally attacked. What gives? You know, like, I speak in tongues, and Paul is hating on me. He's calling me arrogant, Okay, so before you block out these verses in your Bible, okay, remember, Paul is writing to a specific church in Corinth, and this place had some problems, and specifically, he is writing to those who have the gift of of tongues because there was some pride building up in that church, 
just so you know, you will never find the perfect church, okay? Every church just has a, a, a natural dysfunction to it, okay? For this church, uh, well, the more you get into Corinthians, you'll see there were other stuff too. But in this case, for our purposes today, there was a pride problem involving the Spirit of God uh, uh, meeting with people, but then people becoming prideful with the gift of tongues. So Paul is writing to this church specifically, okay? But this is also for us. I'm having flashbacks to the Revelation series. It's to them, but it's for us, okay? And it's important that we take Paul seriously here because we are all susceptible to pride. And in this case, he was making a specific warning and we can also keep that in mind for ourselves. Uh, but don't forget that these five verses are not about hating on the gift of tongues, but he's encouraging all people to not only speak in tongues, but also to prophesy. Paul reminds the Corinthians to follow the way of love, and that's what prophecy is, is grounded in. It's an expression of love. Prophetic words are grounded in love and initiated by God. So Paul sets up a clear filter for us to use to know if something is from God or not. Paul says these are prophetic words that are strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And so here's, here's kind of my definition as we move forward today. Here's prophetic words, okay? It is the God-given ability to reveal God's truth and proclaim it in a timely manner for understanding, care, and encouragement. A prophetic word is when God gives someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit a glimpse into your life, into your purpose, or let's go there, into your future to encourage you. And it really should be encouraging. I'm gonna say it again, church. It really should be encouraging, okay? All right, sometimes after uh, you get done preaching, you come down and, you know, you get, a, you get a good brother or sister say, hey, pastor, can I encourage you with something? No, because you're not going to encourage me. No, you can't encourage me right now. I know what you're going to say. It really should be encouraging. Don't clothe it as it's encouraging and it's going to be hard on you. It really should be encouraging. A prophetic word really should be encouraging. And with that encouragement can also come deeper understanding. And so maybe today you are seeking confirmation about something and a prophetic word can help you understand and provide clarity for it. Or, or maybe you are in a fragile place and right now your life feels kind of upended. Well, a caring prophetic word can be a lifeline to hold fast in the chaos because God sees you and speaks to you. Uh, prophetic words can, can also provide a greater understanding. And so I remember uh, years ago uh, when this happened, um, I, was, I was just praying and I felt like my life was, was sitting on like in two different directions. And at the time, uh, I was talking with the church about maybe interning with uh, the youth group, but also I felt like maybe uh, I need to take a step and, and pursue missions or something like that. So I felt like um, I was praying and I was fasting, um, but I just felt like nothing was apparent. Nothing was clear. It's not like I had the booming voice of the Lord or even just peace. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, I don't, I don't need your voice. I just need some peace. And I felt like I was wrestling with it because I wasn't getting it. 
And so I remember uh, going to church before church ever started, uh, the church I was at at the time. And I walk up to where they had donuts, and I grab a donut, and uh, one of the pastor's wives approaches me, and, and we start talking. And she's like, hey, like, you know, how are you? Uh, how's life right now? And, you know, you shouldn't ask me that because I'm going to be honest. And so I just shared with her what was going on. And, and she said something that was absolutely profound to me. Uh, this this uh, uh, mom with a donut in her mouth, two kids hanging off her arms. And I'm like, I'm so confused. I don't know what direction my life should go in. And she said, you know, sometimes God really just delights in us and he will bless our choice. Maybe God simply is going to bless whichever you pick. And she walked away and I'm just left there like, what is going on right now? And I'm not being dramatic when I say I'm probably standing on this stage right now because of that, if you will, that prophetic word that she probably doesn't even remember. She probably doesn't. If that's not like naturally supernatural, I don't know like what is, you know, like I was ready for like the pastor to like preach the best word ever. Or give me that word or the, you know, or the worship team to hit that key, that key change where the, the Lord meets you. And I was like, yes, God, I know now. But it was over donuts, kids running around, and it changed my life. Prophetic words are like that. Uh, they speak the truth of God in a timely manner for our encouragement and care. And in this case, it was for my greater understanding. Um, again, no music, no great preaching that got my soul just right for that moment. It was just a normal, natural conversation that in that moment for me turned supernatural very quickly. So uh, now back to Paul, according to him, prophecy isn't about calling out someone's wrongs or faults, but a word of prophecy will comfort and encourage and strengthen so those should be some guiding questions we have before we participate. So just, just remember these questions. Uh, is it strengthening? Does it point people to God, the source of our strength? Is it encouraging? Does it inspire us toward faith and the way of Jesus? You know, ulterior motives set aside. <laughs> Is, is, it, is it truly encouraging for the person? And is it comforting? Does it draw us to the heart of the Father? Elsewhere in the New Testament, uh, and Pastor Jacob read part of this uh, recently in, in a sermon of his, uh, quoting the Old Testament prophet Joel, Acts 2 says this. We have a couple of verses, 17 and 18. Uh, the book of Acts, again, quoting Joel says, and in the last days, welcome, that's us, it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So Peter here is declaring that men and women today will prophesy. This is supposed to happen. The idea that, that, that God wants to use us on a regular basis, it may be difficult, but it is imperative. 
for us to desire, embrace, and yes, practice. And you know, we won't always have all of this figured out, and that is why there is grace. But as a church, we are being called to step into this naturally supernatural, and we are humbly going to do this together. As it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 19, it says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And so, again, just, just in my experience, I have been blessed to receive prophetic words before. Some were like spot on and, and I couldn't believe it. Some I wrote down because I was like, I don't know if that sounds right. I don't know, you know, and I wrote it down because maybe it's just not true yet. And others, sometimes you're like, ah, I don't think so. I, I don't know. And so uh, I've been, again, I've been given words um, that, that really blessed me. Um, and I've also been blessed through giving those, you know, to others. Uh, and sometimes it's through supernatural knowledge. Sometimes it's through supernatural wisdom. Sometimes it's as natural as a hug and an encouraging word of, hey, pastor, I was praying for you this week. I just felt like the Lord wanted to remind you that you are loved, you are cherished. Like, like that's, that's prophetic to just tell someone like, hey, I was thinking of you this week and I just wanted to pray for you and, and this came to mind. I just wanted to encourage you today. I wanted to, to strengthen you today. Or maybe you've had a hard week and I've been praying for you in response to that. Like, this is like a beloved community sort of thing. And so, uh, as it says in Philippians 4, 7, it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And it is to lead us and guard our hearts and our minds. And so, that's something else that, in my experience, as I've understood and experienced prophetic words, is just a, a sincere peace of heart. That like while maybe my life is crashing all around me or I'm stressed out about a situation or I feel anxious about something or there's just something going on, but just a little encouragement, a little prophetic word can, can bring about such incredible and sweet peace in a time of uncertainty. And so uh, I'm going short today. I'm actually going to go ahead and, and begin to wrap up uh, here in, in a way of practicality, okay? Because, again, okay, you know, we, we read it in the Scripture. It's right there. Uh, Paul says we should, you know, desire this. We should embrace this. We should practice this. Okay, but how? Like, what is the how part of this? Like, how do we do it? Do I need to, like, you know, go into a dark room and cover my face and, like, lay down? Um, do I do it as I drive? I shouldn't close my eyes as I drive, you know, right? Like, well, pastor, like, how, how, what, how do we do this? Okay, well, here's, here's how. Just a few things, okay? First, we simply ask. We simply ask. We ask for words. Now, listen, church, just reminding us of our role in this, we don't get to tell God what to do, but we ask. We ask him simply with humble hearts, like, Lord, would you help me encourage others today? Or, or help me discern and know your heart so I could care for others today. We, we just simply ask 
Uh, second, we just, we just listen silently. And honestly, this is probably one of the hardest things for me to do. I, I'm, you know, like, like jokes aside, but also, yeah, oh, you know, kind of kidding, but also very serious. This is hard for me to do. I don't like silence. You don't like it either. You just feel it, you know? But we don't, you know? Like, like prayer is a two-way street, and often, personally, I treat it like it's just a one-way, expressway, you know? When was the last time, you know, honestly, maybe you sat in the presence of God and was, was just silent? Like maybe you shared different things, but then we just sat in the quiet. You know, if you're a parent, you're like, yeah, okay, good luck. But just to, to find a little time to just sit silently. Uh, I, I found that like if I'm ever doing anything, I, I feel like I need to be hearing something, you know? Uh, if, if, if I'm getting ready in the morning, I need to have YouTube on and listening to something or Spotify, or if I'm driving, there's a podcast. I, so much of my life is just noise, noise, noise. And so what about, what about you in your life? Where could we find some time to just be silent? Sometimes uh, it's hard. I know it is for me, but that's, that's okay. Because I think all it really takes is for us to calm our minds and just focus. And so if, if that's where you're at, uh, let me be a living testament hey, that God is patient with us and he speaks to us once we just take time to listen and to seek him. So we should listen silently. Also, we should filter this through love. And love can be defined like this. We say this a lot around here. Love can be simply defined as grace and truth is the presence of both grace and truth. Because to only possess grace is to lack convictions and guidance, essentially to be a doormat, because we need truth. But to only have truth is to lack understanding and compassion. You're just a jerk. So we need grace, right? We need both to truly be loving. Love is this embodiment of grace and truth. And when we desire the gift of prophecy, we must filter this through love, which is the definition of God himself, because God is love. Uh, we also need to share in faith. And this is so hard because you don't want to be a weirdo, Right? Listen, I was praying for you, but I, I just couldn't help it. But purple umbrellas came to mind, and I don't know if it means anything to you. I just wanted to submit that to you, like whatever. And then they just start crying, you know, and you're like, oh, <laughs> what? Or like you give something that, you know, you think like, man, this is, this is spot on. I'm going to nail this person. That's arrogant. Uh, but, but you do, right? And, and you think it's going to be so impactful, and they just nod, thanks, and they walk away. No matter what, we share in faith. We do, we share in faith. Because like we say every week, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And so, yeah, you maybe in sharing, you may be a little bit off. That's why we humbly give words and allow God to use them for his glory and not for ourselves. And so in faith, we share our word. And then uh, lastly, we release in humility. Again, you may feel so strongly about this prophetic word that you're about to give someone. 
and you think I'm going to change their life with this word. Okay, like, like this is going to just be so incredible for them. I've been praying for them. God gave this to me, I feel like, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really impress uh, this upon them. I'm gonna, I can't wait to share this. And then you do, and the person just is kind of like, eh, you know, okay. That's why, again, we release it in humility because it's not about us. We're allowing God to be in control because, again, maybe that word was, was spot on. It just wasn't for now. It's just yet to be, to be realized. And so, like, like I said a second ago, I, I start writing things down. I, I, I'm not just always on my phone. I'm not an arrogant millennial. I, I'm, I'm making notes, you know, most of the time. Because people share things with me, and, and I, and I want to remember that. And I, I want to keep track of that. Um, but no matter the outcome. And this is where, yeah, it, it takes incredible faith. Because no matter the outcome, we praise God. Never for our abilities or our gifts, but because of him and his goodness for us. And so we are to practice this. We are to step into this. And so uh, as, as I wrap up, go ahead, uh, team, come on back up. Uh, church, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead, uh, please stand. Um, we're gonna spend a little more time in worship and a little more time in ministry today. Uh, we've, the last couple of weeks, we've concluded with uh, a prayer. We've concluded with a prayer. And it's something that I really want us to get into, into our souls. Something that just stretches us a little bit more. Something that just takes us a little deeper. And, I, and again, I'm not saying that you've got to be the most holy person laid out up here or anything like that. It's just a matter of being willing, being open. And so we're just going to continue to pray this prayer at the, at the end here. Um, and, and again, I, I pray that as I read it, that, that also you mean it. Um, you are welcome to read with me. I don't have the best cadence in the world, but I'm going to read it. Um, you are welcome to, to, to read it out loud with me. You are welcome to just read it to yourself in the presence of God. But I, I, I sincerely want this for our church. Our prayer is this. Lord, expand what I think is possible. Make me more aware of your Spirit's leading. Help me see divine opportunities in the ordinary. And may I give you all the glory, no matter the outcome. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Lord, we, we've prepared our hearts, our minds, our souls, whatever. Um, I pray we would just be present in this moment. We would trust you in this moment as we worship. And maybe for us today, we can, we can stand on that mountaintop, so to speak, and raise our hands in worship. Maybe for others of us, we just, we need you to meet with us because we're destitute and we're desperate. We just need your spirit to comfort us. So Father, I just pray for us today as, as we worship, as, as we are reminded of these truths of your goodness, of your, of your grace, your truth, your mercy, your, your compassion, your generosity, all these things you've given to us. But I pray we wouldn't keep these things to ourselves but we would recognize 
that we are in this community to then pour into others, to then give to others. So I just pray your spirit would continue to move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.